This is a summary of my conversation with Megan Moore, president of the Board of Education for Clinton Public Schools, a three-year term. She describes the role of the Board of Education to represent the community and the school, essentially acting as a bridge between the community and the school administration. She mentions the job as being about the bigger picture. The board ultimately approves and the administration implements. Their job is not to run the school, but to support the school. Her job entails things like running meetings, setting the agenda with the superintendent, submitting that to the county. This can include things like approving staff changes, going over financials, as well as working with the school administration to create a five-year strategic plan for what they want to accomplish. Without the school board voting, the school literally cannot operate. Other activities include committees such as student life, curriculum, diversity, inclusion, and belonging, and other things that depend and vary on what the local community looks like. To learn more about school boards, please continue listening to the rest of this interview. Welcome to 60 Second Democracy. Uh, really excited to have you on Thank the podcast today. Thank you. This is fantastic. I appreciate you inviting me. Uh, if we could begin by just stating your, your name and your full title, and we'll, we'll continue from there. Okay, so my name's Megan Moore. I am the president for the Clinton Glade Gardner Board of Education, uh, otherwise known as CPS or Clinton Public School. Ah. So we're one school. The, the district is one school. I see. And how, uh, how do, however, did you get involved in this, in this role? So I've always had an interest in being on a board of education. We moved up here from South Jersey about five years ago. I had applied for an opening in the board in South Jersey, and there was some politics at play, and I didn't get the position, which is fine. Um, and when we moved up here after a couple of years, I'm like, oh, I really want to be on the board of ed. I think I'd really enjoy this. Um, one year, there was one person running and two open positions so i kind of gathered people and got everybody i knew and asked everybody to write me in and that's how i got on the board um, i'm up for election this year so i'm running again in november so it's a three-year term so in that instance the election you were saying there there weren't even enough people running at the time to fill all the seats that were available right wow and so just uh, I, I always like to assume like myself that most folks have no idea how would you describe the role of the president of the Board of Education and, and even a little bit of the structure surrounding it? So as the president of the Board of Education, I'm responsible for a couple of things. So before the board uh, before the board meeting, I get the agenda from the superintendent, Dr. Cohen, and we go over the board agenda together. Any questions I have, any adjustments we need to be made, and we have to do it, I forget how many hours in advance, so that it can go public. The agenda, once it's public, we can't change the agenda. So during the board meeting i run the board meeting so i go through the agenda i open up the floor for public comments i i make motions for votes um, for the board so usually there's stuff like accepting reports or voting to uh, confirm a hit which i can talk about in a few minutes also in my role i gather the information that the board does for the superintendent's review so each board member goes online, identifies the goals that the superintendent has for the year, and I compile that information together and submit it to the superintendent, and I review it with him. Do you have any questions? Um, and we just go over it together, and then we submit it to the county. And what's, what's an example of a, of a board agenda or some of the things that uh, you all are, are working to accomplish over the course of a year? So often the board agenda is not exciting, I'll be honest. It's um, approving staff resign uh, approving staff who were um, appointed or resigning um, reviewing Hibs um, going over 
financials. So we offer every board meeting our board our board um, secretary, the best business administrator will give the financial report. So this is where we are. This is what's going on. Um, then in the around March, I believe, the auditors will come in and go over the whole budget with us. And then she breaks down the budget. So a lot of it's that. So as an outsider looking in as a board meeting, they're not terribly exciting, but it's really important information. It's really important things that are happening because without those reports, without the board voting, we can't run a school. And just to be clear, that uh, the financials that you're reviewing are of the entire Clinton public school system, mm -hmm. or what all does that entail? Yeah, it's for the whole district or the school, since we're one school district. And so there's actually, within your group, you're saying you're voting on how that budget is allocated or approving allocations for that budget? Yeah, so the board, of the um, business administrator comes to us with the budget, and this is where we're putting all the money. This is where we need money for special services, for staff, for personnel. Um, and this is the money that's coming in from the state from different areas that we get, like so um, different grants we might be receiving, federal money, state money, and then we uh, approve it. We ask any questions, too, because it's difficult. It's challenging, and we all want to know what we're voting on. Um, and she's, we have a fantastic business administrator, and she's very good at breaking it all down with us. We can meet separately if we'd like to kind of have a better understanding of the budget because it's, it's complicated. It's challenging. And this is what she does every day, but we are part of the community. So it's an expertise that she has that she's able to impart to us so that we understand exactly what we're voting on because we're representing the needs of the school and the needs of the community at the same time. And this administrator is working with the specific school admins to create those budget requests or apply for those grants or they're creating the initial budget that you all are voting on or yes. that's... So, and then an auditor comes in and says, this is how you can do it better. This is how you can do it differently. These are some deficiencies we see. This year, the auditors were very happy with every single th thing that we were doing. So that was very good news because, you know, it's, it's a lot of money and it's an important job. And you mentioned, what was it, HIP? HIPAA. Um, HIPAA. Hi um, HIB. HIB. So it's harassment, intimidation, and bullying. And it's a law in New Jersey that if a child does something, a certain action that falls under HIB, it has to be um, an identifying feature. So for example, if um, a student says something to a, another student that makes the student upset, but it's based on an identifying feature. So if they looked at another student and said, I hate you because you have glasses on, the glasses are the identifying feature. And then, and the student was upset by it, that could be considered a HIB. So it's reportable to the state. It also goes on the student's record. So from school to school, like once they go to high school, that can go with them. So the administrators are aware that this child had a HIB that was confirmed by the Board of Education. It's a really complicated process on the school end. There's a big investigation into it. It's a lot of different people coming together um, to see if it actually fulfills the requirement of a HIB. A HIB is not inclusive. Kids can still get suspended. Kids can do, still do things that are not okay and not acceptable, but it's not necessarily a HIB. But HIBs are something the board has to vote on. And I guess we're, we're, in, we're in this one for a moment, but mm -hmm. is a HIB in some ways that's the, the pinnacle of actions taken against if somebody really does something? You're saying that uh, there's a number of actions that have to lead up to getting a HIB? I imagine that isn't something that's 
easily given. No, it's not taken lightly. It's a lot of considerations go into it, and it's a lot of discussion. So it's not one person making the decision. The board will meet in executive session, so privately, to discuss that because that's not something we can discuss in public session. So it is a very complicated process for good reason because it's a pretty serious thing. Um, and it's not just, you know, we also want to change behaviors too, not just punish it. That makes sense. So, so far we've covered some deep dives into <laughs> budgets mm -hmm. and, and infrastructure there. And one question about the budgets as well, how much of that is dictated by the state versus, you know, guide by local administration and, and admin at the schools and such? Yeah, so we get money from the state, obviously, mm -hmm. and that's they tell you how to spend that money, basically. So there are certain requirements, even with the money that we have from property taxes, there are requirements that we have to meet to curriculum requirements, um, personnel stuff that we have to meet to be compliant with New Jersey Board of Education or New Jersey codes. So much of it, but you know, fortunately we're a small school and our teachers, our administrators have a lot of flexibility where they can be creative in our small school to really meet the needs of our students. Gotcha. And in essence, would it be accurate to say that you're almost providing the compliance between the school and the state in order to get funds? Or is it? We're approving the compliance. So oh, okay. administrators implement things. We're bigger picture. We're um, responsible for, we're bigger picture. They, they implement it, we approve it. <clears throat> and on a so how, how often are these meetings happening again? And, and tell me a little bit more about the, the sort of flow, let's say, of the year of, of the job that you're doing. Okay. So it's, you know, it's 12 months, obviously. Mm -hmm. We usually have meetings once a month. Um, meetings can last, and every school district is different. Our meetings can last as short as a half hour. If we have a really quick agenda, it can go a couple hours if we have something to discuss. So, for example, we went to executive session um, to discuss a concern, and that took a while to have a conversation because, and it's kind of, it's interesting as a board member because it truly is a conversation. When you're in a board meeting, it's very structured. It's very, this person speaks, then this person speaks. You really want to avoid a lot of back and forth during the board meeting for a lot of really good reasons. In executive session, it's conversation. So we come together in our role as a board member to really get a deep dive, get input from the superintendent about what the best approach is for certain things with personnel or HIBs or budget things. And so is a is a board meeting like an official recorded meeting? Is an executive meeting different? Are they open to the public? So uh, yes, the board meeting is open to the public. Executive is not. You can or not record the meeting. Our meetings used to be recorded. They are, I believe we're not recording them anymore. They used to be live streamed too back in the days of COVID where you couldn't have people um, in person. So the meetings all happened on Zoom. But the public is invited to come to the board meetings. Correct. It is open to any member of the public. There is a public notice that goes out and it gets posted. And there's a whole thing I have during the beginning, duly posted and the faculty room and at the town hall um, so that every community member, everybody's welcome to come to a board meeting. 
during the board meeting too. So we might have different agenda, agenda items. Dr. Cohen gives his update. We have an update about special services. We have a staff update. So somebody from the association um, gives an update about what's going on. Sometimes we get like a little thing from the kids, which is really cool. Um, a presentation to the board about some special project that they've worked on. We've had the band perform for us. We've had um, got to see part of the musical. So that's the fun part of it. That's a really neat part to see the kids in action like that. During every single meeting across New Jersey, there is a public comment section. And at that point, you open up the floor to public comment. Every board does it a little bit differently. We have <laughs> two public comments that you can comment on anything. So some boards will do agenda items and then general comment. We do two comments on anything that you want. And you can come before the board and share something. You have a concern about something that's going on. You're happy about something that's going on. There's something you want addressed in the schools. That's the time for the public to come and share that information. Um, and we don't time the public comment. Like, we limit it to 30 minutes. In public, we really don't have a lot of people coming for public comment. Some school districts, they have to limit it to 30 minutes. You can speak for this long. They set a timer. It depends on what's going on. If there's the hot button topic, if there's something people are really emotional about, you will see more and more public comment. Clinton Public School, we have seen that from time to time, but not on a regular basis. And as an example, what are some of the things that might come up during public comment that people are excited about? So for us or for boards in general? Sure. Either so one. for boards in general, what you're going to see a lot in New Jersey is book banning. Hmm. North Hunterdon had a challenge to some books, and people came in on both sides speaking to remove the books and speaking to keep the books in the, in the um, schools. It was very passionate. It was a long line of people lined up. Often the board will say, okay, it's 30 minutes for public comment. However, we have a lot of people who want to speak. We're going to allow three minutes each speaker, and we're going to allow everybody to speak. The board president chooses to do that or not. The board president can say, like, nope, 30 minutes, you're done. Or they can say, we really want to hear from everybody. You would hope they want to hear from everybody um, that, you know, although we're volunteers, you're committing your time, and you commit as much time as needed to make sure everybody's voice is heard. And so in a case like that, then ultimately, does the board have to make a decision based on those comments? So the board takes it into consideration, and then they make a decision based on, so for book banning, a committee is formed to determine if the book, they review the books that are in question. The committee makes a recommendation to the board about what books should be removed and what books should stay. The board ultimately has the final decision, so they don't have to go with the recommendation. So for example, I'm trying to think what they did in North Hunterdon. They, I think the committee in North Hunterdon recommended two books to stay, one book to remove. Ultimately, all the board voted to keep all three books. And in a case like that, you said a committee is appointed to review the books. Who was on that committee? No idea. It gotcha. was not public information. I couldn't tell you who was on the committee. And do you know who selected those committee members? I believe it was a superintendent. Gotcha. With so the they board, could perhaps? say, here are a few experts I think that are you know, adequate to review this topic or take on this. Mm -hmm. uh, did, you, did you say the word concern earlier? You said, I think, something about an agenda topic, that if there's a concern... Was that, a, was that a general comment about something like this, like a concern from the community, or is that a specific thing? No, that might be a specific thing about, well, we need to include this on the agenda, but maybe we talked about this next month. Just stuff like that. Just really logistics and housekeeping things. Gotcha. And which I know book banning has been a hot topic, mm -hmm. and I don't need to dwell on that, but uh, 
I guess outside of that, which has been very heated in the past yes. maybe year or so, what are some other things historically that you know parents or community members want to you know reasons why they want to get involved with the board of education so lately it's book banning it's lgbtq it's social emotional learning that's what we're really seeing that people are coming out for that's why they're running for board of ed regardless of what side they fall on some people who run for board of ed like me just wants to be a part of it wants to help cps be a better place and be part of the planning and part of the community and feels that obligation that i you know something i enjoy doing but i can give back to my community and that's the way i've chosen to do it is through through a board of ed member i didn't come on with an agenda some board members do come on with an agenda and a goal that they want to accomplish as a board member some do not it's all very personal it's based on school districts a lot of times too here in hundred county you'll see the high school districts there's more of that than the k-8 districts more of that being folks coming in with an agenda mm -hmm. Gotcha. That's my personal observation. I'm not speaking as a board member. I'm speaking as Megan Moore. Completely understand. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe there's there's more to explore in, in, in what you're doing there, but I guess in order to be an effective member of a school board, what do you think are some of the skills or experiences a person should have to, you know, take on a role like this? I think I want to say removing yourself, but making sure you're looking at the big picture. That you, so as a board member, you represent the needs of the community and the needs of the schools. So you're kind of the bridge between the two of them. Um, schools are, people get very passionate about schools and for really good reason, you're educating your kids. This is a really important thing that you're doing. And in Clinton Public, your kids are there for nine years, kindergarten through eighth grade. That's a really long time. You want to make sure that um, you're staying objective about things, too. People will come to you in the community complaining about something at the school. That is not my role to take complaints as a board member. You refer them always, and this is something we sign in our ethics, to the superintendent, to the assistant principal. This is a conversation you need to have with them. Um, but taking it back and understanding what your role is as a board member is really to look at the big picture of things to make sure that the school is running well and efficiently, and also that your staff, the staff and your administration is receiving the support of your school board. And what's an example of how the school board impacts staff support and, and supports them in general? Is it budget and raises or, or what are the ways in which that happens? Yeah. I think that's one of the bigger ones. Um, we try to do things as a board um, when things were really difficult, for example. The, I think it was the second year back. I think it was the first full year back from COVID. I forget. But it was a tough year. The teachers were really feeling beaten up. It was a tough year for everybody emotionally. We were drained. We had some extra days. That, so I think typically the teachers have, the kids have a last day and then the teachers have a last day. We decided to allow the teachers to have the same last day as the kids. And if they want to come back and clean up their room, that was on them, but they could be done on that last day. And it was just, I hope it was taken that, hey, thank you. Just go enjoy your summer um, because we really appreciate every single thing that you do and we recognize that things were really challenging this year for everybody um, and just to keep educationally and emotionally keep everybody together for that year was not easy we also negotiate the teachers contracts so a few of the board members and we do that our teachers are up for negotiation this year so there'll be a committee from the board who will work in, with the superintendent and, of course, with the business administrator, too, and then the union or the um, association, we often call it, the Clinton Public School Education Association, to negotiate the contract. I imagine that's not a simple process, probably. No, and I, I haven't been a part of it. 
on my first term this year, hope, well, this year I'll be a part of it. Um, I'll be on the negotiating committee. I'm looking forward to it. Fortunately in Clinton, we have a good relationship with our teachers. Historically, there have been some issues way back in the past with the negotiations. Things have changed a little bit for the state that make things a little bit easier with contributions and benefits. But I, you know, I think we can make it a really positive thing and keep within our budgetary restrictions as a school district, but certainly understand how valuable our teachers are and that we need to make sure that they're taken, well taken care of too. And then ultimately that's something that you said you're responsible for the negotiations. So you end up kind of voting on so things or how do they, how does that resolve yeah so we'll negotiate a contract you know the, the representatives from the board will say this looks great the teachers will say this looks great then it goes to the board to vote on gotcha and you know in clinton public typically if that's what the recommendation is the board would then pass it unless there's a board member who had some serious concerns and they have a right to of course review everything they'll see the contract but then say like hey i'm not going to approve it because this is in it and i don't agree with that and that's as a board member that's certainly your prerogative but according to what you said, from a process perspective, they would have already had the opportunity to have been involved in the negotiation up yeah, until that point. Yeah, that would be the hope that you don't you get to the point where everybody's unanimous. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, fortunately in Clinton, we have a board. We work very well together. So just to go back to the, the kind of skills and experiences that make sense for this job, you've talked a lot about reviewing finances mm -hmm. and budgets and contract negotiation. Mm -hmm. And I know you mentioned that it's important to have a, a passion for the greater good of the school. Yep. It, but it sounds like there are perhaps some, some technical skills or some interest in, in being quite technical that are perhaps important to this role as well. So what do you mean technical? Getting involved with budgets and oh, yeah. details and operations and things like that. And it's a balance too because our job's not to run the school. That's what the administration does. Our job is to support them in their running the school. So we want to ask questions. We want to understand things. We want to make sure. We also sometimes offer some insight, like, oh, you know, what do you think about this? Or maybe we can do things a little bit differently. But we do a strategic planning also. We do a five-year strategic plan, which we just did last year, too. So as the board, we came together with the community and did the strategic plan for what we want to see from CPS in five years. And then the administrators implement it and, of course, give us updates as we go along. And we can provide input into the strategic plan. And what That's is what you're asking? <laughs> yeah. What, what is broadly included in that strategic plan? Is that really just a, a budgetary plan? Are there sort of other types of goals or objectives? Within yeah, it's, it's much higher level than budgetary. It's mm -hmm. more um, what we want to see from CPS. What are some opportunities? For ex example, um, we wanted to see more diverse books and more diverse reading selection, more, you know, not just celebrating Black History Month in February, making sure that that's integrated in the entire curriculum, which it is, and there's state standards about that. We just wanted to look at the more opportunities to bring in more culturally appropriate or culturally sensitive, culturally aware, I think is more the term I want to find, I want to use, um, so that our students can recognize that, yes, we're a little thing here in CPS, but there is a big world around them too. That's great. What is something that surprised you most about being on the Board of Education? I don't know. So my husband's involved in schools. He's a school administrator. So I had a lot of insight into that just from conversations and my husband. I think how much I like it, how much I like being involved in that, how good it feels to be fulfilling it is, I guess, to be in that role and be 
really part of the CPS community and how proud I am to do that. That's great. I mean, there aren't many roles out there where you get a band to play for you in appreciation, so uh, that's pretty yeah. special. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look, yeah, president was filled, so, you know. <laughs> You've mentioned a few things. Is there anything in, in particular in, within your tenure that you're really proud of helping accomplish or push forward? So and this was certainly led by the superintendent, the business administrator. We got a new playground at CPS. It's be- the playground that we before there was way past its time. It was roughed up. So CPS is kind of a neat place because we're one school from kindergarten to eighth grade, which also means that our eighth graders get to have recess. So often kids move on to middle school and they don't get recess time. They don't get to run around and play and play basketball and go on the swings. Well, CPS, they do. So I think that's really special. I really love that about our school. And when we replaced the playground, it was it's beautiful. It's, there's a climbing structure for bigger kids that they can climb up pretty high and safe, of course. There's an area for the little kids, an area for the bigger kids. Um, there's a space outside where they can still play basketball. Um, they can still play baseball. And I think there's a lot of value in just free play, even if they're in eighth grade, that our kids are so structured. And when they play sports, it's very much organized and structured by adults. And to have that freedom to be able to figure out the rules themselves, to implement the rules, to negotiate certain things, or just to go outside and run around and enjoy the new playground, i that's one of my favorite things. I think it's so special. It makes CPS a really special place. And it, the playground just came out great. I'm so happy with it. <laughs> that's very cool. I'm excited. I'll have to cruise by and take a look. Yeah, come on up. Is there anything that you would love to see implemented that has eluded you thus far in your tenure on the Board of Education? So probably, but that would be a conversation I'd want to have with the superintendent first because I wouldn't want to blindside him and find out on a <laughs> podcast. I think that would be really unfair. <laughs> so I'm going to have that conversation with Dr. Cohen first. <laughs> sure, sure. That's fine. Is there anything that you think the Board of Education should be able to do hmm. that you currently cannot no i think i think the most important thing is for board members to understand their roles and what our role is and that it's not to micromanage it's not to complain about a teacher or to address the small things it's to look at the big picture and i think it works well i think as long as you have a board that works well together that you have a superintendent that works well with the board it's tricky and that's not happening everywhere in new jersey right now Um, But our job is not to work against the school district. We're to work with the school district. And on the flip side of that, are there any abilities that folks on the board have that you think perhaps they shouldn't? Oh, no. I I like our board a lot. We've got... We've got somebody in education. We've actually have somebody who works for a school district in human resources. We have somebody who does trying to like marketing, planning, implementation for a corporation. So, and then we have somebody too who was a former teacher. And then we have myself who works in social services. So I think we're a pretty good balance on the board. I like everybody on the board. I genuinely like, I enjoy their company. Um, Sometimes we'll go out after a board meeting. We cannot discuss anything board related because we are a quorum. So it has to be public notice which is fine because we don't really want to. We want to enjoy each other. That's lovely. We touched on this a little bit uh, with the book banning piece, but in general, how much do national politics come into play in a Board of Education role? In CPS, we really haven't seen that. We did have some pushback from masking and vaccines when that was um, a concern that people had. At CPS, we haven't. 
in New Jersey? Absolutely. That's what's going on right now. We're, they're seeing a lot of pushback from the national political scene. People with very strong opinions and a lot of passion for the way they feel and maybe not a good understanding of what the board should be doing, but rather what they want the board to do. And that's my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. In particular, is there significant misperception? Is, you know, is there, is there something in general that you think people really misunderstand about the Board of Education that you would love to set the record on? Yeah, I think like we talked about the micromanaging mm -hmm. that we can, you know, address an issue with a teacher. No, that's not my job. I don't do that. <laughs> you need to talk to the superintendent that we can address little things. And we can certainly have, hey, this is what I'm hearing in the community. And I had had those conversations with Dr. Cohen. Like, look, this is what we're hearing in the community. Because we are, we work between the two. Um, just to give him a heads up so that he can maybe address things and things that we're seeing that, you know, everybody has a different perspective on. But, you know, the micro stuff, you know, you always refer to the superintendent. I have had people reach out to me about concerns that they had at the school, and I don't engage with it. I don't get involved with it. I don't comment on it because part of what we sign with ethics is that we don't comment on what's going on in the school, that we don't, oh, yeah, I can't stand that teacher. Or, oh, yeah, that teacher's great, or I would never have my kid there. Nope, we stay neutral about it, and we refer to the superintendent or who's ever the administrator in charge. So it might be a principal in a larger school district. I think that makes sense. You've, you've mentioned a lot of of the roles kind of surrounding the board. Could you just take a moment to, I guess, just talk about the different roles a little bit? So you have the superintendent, you have the school, how many board members are there typically? Do they have different roles within the within the board? So every board is a little bit different. You're gonna see this larger districts, they have more board members. So our board right now is six. There's five people who represent Clinton or Glenn Gardner because we're, the district has both towns and Lebanon Borough sends their 7th and 8th graders to us, so we have a representative from Lebanon Borough there, too. So we have six board members. We have some committees, not a lot of committees. Um, in other school districts that are larger, the committees play a really big role in um, making recommendations, looking into things, having conversations. Because CPS is smaller, we really do that at the board meetings, so we do not have committee meetings. Um, so I'm the president of the board. I have to sign off on financial stuff. I have to sign off on personnel, personnel stuff? Well, anything financial. I don't think I sign those. I forget now. I apologize. I don't know if I sign teacher contracts. I don't think I do. Mostly financial stuff. And then we have a vice president also who has a very similar role. The person in the vice president position will then run the board meeting if I'm not available. So our last board meeting, I, I think it was a conference. So Ashley Dunker, who's our vice president, went over the agenda with Dr. Cohen before the board meeting and then ran the board meeting. And she also has to sign off on financials, too. So there's a lot of checks. A lot of people are keeping an eye on things. That's great. Mm -hmm. And although you said you tend to cover these in the board meetings, what might be an example of some committees that might exist in, in some towns? Yeah, so student life. School districts will have a curriculum committee. Um, some schools are doing DEIB, diversity, inclusion, and belonging committees, financial committees, uh, may have a special ed, depends on the district, but that's kind of a broad picture that's of what helpful. they have. Yeah. Thank you. Student activities, I said student life, student activities, same thing. You've mentioned this a couple of times about some things, but just to put a little bit of a, a more, more structure around this, what is the, the best way for folks to engage with the Board of Education? What are, what are the 
what are the points where you should engage and, and, and or who should you engage with if you're in the community and you, and you want to be more involved? So come to a board meeting. We, so in, in Clinton, we really we have very little turnout for the board meetings. Of course, they're all public. The community is welcome. Typically, what you see in New Jersey is that unless somebody has a concern about what's going on in the district or um, something they want to have input into, people don't typically go to board of ed meetings. I understand that. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about the process, come to a board of ed meeting. If you have input, public comment section. That's exactly what that's for. In the board meeting, and then you're on the record. The board has heard you. Um, the public comments, it's not a conversation. The board does not have to respond. The superintendent does not have to respond. We may choose to. If there's something we'd like to answer or clarify or thank you, you know, like we're going to look into that. But the board, and then voting too. Understand who you're voting for for Board of Ed. I'm running this year. It's myself and Dan Burkett who are running. There's two open seats. Our positions are up and we don't, we're the only two running. So we're running unopposed. Most districts are not this year. Please understand who you're voting for in the school district elections. It really matters now. People are running with an agenda. They're running with a goal that they want to have and make sure that you understand what that goal is and make sure it fits your values. That's helpful. What type of engagement do you all have with parent-teacher associations, if, if at all? So what happens is they uh, we get a report from the PTO every meeting. So we have board member who's the representative to the PTO, and they go to the board meet they go to the PTO meeting and then they report back to us at the board meeting the stuff that our PTO is up to um, we have an amazing PTO at CPS they do um, they did a beautiful breakfast for the teachers this year they do a tricky tray that's a giant fundraiser they're very generous to the school and they work very very hard at it and I'm just eternally grateful for them for what they do for our community and for our children and for the teachers too they do a lot for the teachers also that's great if you could put up a billboard <laughs> in the town of Clinton with anything you wanted on there, what do you think you would want to say to uh, the town? As a board member or as Megan? <laughs> Either one. Oh, I think, I think as a world, we tend to view, dwell on the negative. I think the negative stuff stands out to us a little more. And I just, I don't know how I would say it without sounding ridiculously cheesy, but just a reminder of what a special place we live in and that Clinton Glen Gardner and the school that we have is really a special community. I moved here when my son was in seventh grade and he made friends like that immediately. It was open arms, embraced. CPS loves new kids. So I think just a reminder of what a special place that we live in. And, you know, people should, a lot of, I would hope people have a lot of gratitude for where we are. That's lovely. Thank you. A lot to put on billboard, but <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> you I get guess. the sentiment. <laughs> Gratitude. Yeah. Yes. Do you think uh, we missed anything in discussing your your role thus far? I don't think we did. I think we went into it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like picture myself at a board meeting. I think we got it. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for I having me. A, I learned an absolute ton <laughs> about your role and really appreciate your time. So I thank tried you so very much, hard Megan. to stay objective. <laughs> thank you. I really thank you for having me. This, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another podcast of 60 Second Democracy. I hope that you enjoy what you're learning here. I know I'm learning a lot. Please leave comments, subscribe, and in general, let me know whether you're enjoying this, whether you have ideas for other ways to approach this or other folks to interview to learn more about what's happening in your town or your democracy. 
Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on all platforms where podcasts are available. Thanks for listening.